Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to His Word being preached. I want to just honor my, my wife, Lauren, and son, Benjamin, and unborn son, Caleb. They've been um, huge champs this weekend. We also went to the um, It's Time event yesterday in Bloom. And Lauren is, Lauren is just over 30 weeks pregnant now, and Benjamin is, is about 17 months old. And, and five hours in the sun and driving to Bloemfontein and back um, was, was a big ask. But we felt, we felt the Lord specifically laid on our hearts to go, so we went. Um, and Lauren was up this morning at 5.30 so that I could prep. Um, and she's just, just been an absolute champ and a, and a big help. So I just want to sort of thank her and honor her for that. Um, I also know a lot of you have, have followed the, the event, the It's Time event. Um, anybody, anybody here this morning that was there yesterday? Oh, cool. I guess there are quite a few. Um, I know there were other people also praying in Joburg and um, interceding for the people there. And, and perhaps just quick feedback. Um, yeah, amazing. I, the only way I could keep Benjamin in the shade was to put him in, in a backpack and walk with an umbrella. Because um, otherwise, him walking around and me chasing with umbrella but w- w- didn't work very well. Um, and so we, we sat quite far at the back, and, and we walked almost right to the front, which was about 1.4 kilometers um, from the back to the front, um, <laughs> which was quite, a, quite, quite far. Um, but still, it was difficult to, it was difficult to, um, to process the amount of people that we saw there. Um, it was very difficult to process because even though I walked 1.4 kilometers, it's also going sideways, you know, almost equal distance. Um, and, and they were saying how, you know, for the Mighty Men conferences that were, you know, I think the biggest one was a few hundred thousand people. Um, this event, more than a million people pitched. Those events they would organize for over a year. And they had something like six to eight weeks to plan this event. Um, with all the logistics, with all the technology, there were screens and, and speakers, and they just testified of how God came through. Um, and it was just something significant, right? I think one million people or over a million people represents like 2% of our population. That's a significant portion of our, like a measurable piece of our population, right, of people drawing together and coming from all over and just agreeing on the word of God, um, confessing the sins in our hearts and the judgment in our hearts and the, the cynicism in our hearts and the fact that we don't necessarily respond to God and, and, and by faith, you know, and serve those around us, but starting in that place of confession, um, just declaring our dependence towards God and then going into prayer and agreeing in faith on key things for our nation um, and, and that Jesus would really enjoy preeminence in everything in this nation. Um, so that was incredibly encouraging. Um, so thanks for everybody also who prayed for the event and I, I, believe, um, I believe there are significant things that shifted in the, in the spiritual realm, um, but also as an encouragement and as a, um, as a, as a a bit of a nudge for us to really continue praying and ask God um, that the kingdom will come here in South Africa as it is in heaven, right? Um, so, yeah. Amen. Um, 
if you're comfortable, I want, you to, I want to ask you just to close your eyes. Um, and I want you to, to, I want us to think about God. Okay, so now I want you to, to reflect on what, what came into your mind when, you, when I asked you to think about God. What did you, like, what did you think of? What was the impression? I'm going to ask you to, to turn your thoughts towards God. Right. And... Having done that, I want to I want to share a quote by um, one of one of my favorite um, theologians and preachers, which is A. W. Tozer. He says, um, "It's not on the screen, but he says, what comes into what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us." Right? Makes me think of the scripture in Proverbs twenty-three that says, "As a man thinks in his heart." So he is, right? Is the picture we have of God, is what we, is what we think about when we think about him, is that, is that who he truly is? Right? Is that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of the Bible, the Father of Jesus Christ? What, what, do, we, what do we think about when we think about him? Right? And is that, is that aligned to his true character and his true nature? Because that determines so much. I think um, what's one of one of the biggest things about the enemy's plan, how he tries to distract, is to just make us doubt the goodness of God. Right? Just just a seed of doubt, just a little bit of skepticism around the goodness of God. Um, I wanna I wanna take us back to to the account of the fall in Genesis three. I'm not gonna read read the entire scripture, but in Genesis 3, we read about um, creation, right? So God creates everything. He says, let there be light, and there's light. And He creates the heavens and the earth and the animals. Um, and He creates Adam and Eve. And He gives them dominion over everything. He says, you have authority over every living thing, over the entire creation, right? And we have perfect communion. You are enjoying my presence in the garden, right? It's creation before the fall, it's beautiful, it's perfect, there's absolutely no death, there's no destruction, um, none of that. Um, and there's perfect communion with God. There's absolutely zero degree of separation, right? Um, enjoying presence with, with God in the garden. And the only thing God says is, um, you may eat of every tree in the garden, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, do not eat. Um, for when you eat it, you will die. Right, 
And then they go on and, and we come into Genesis 3 and there is a serpent, um, the crafty serpent, uh, which obviously represents the enemy. And he speaks to Eve and he says to her, did God say you may not eat of any of the trees of the garden? Didn't God say that you may not eat of any, any of the trees of the garden? Which is, which is actually misquoting God, right? Um, he didn't say you can't eat of any of the trees. He said you can eat of all the trees. Right, but of this one tree, do not eat. And um, he just plants that seed, right? He says, well, well did he say that? Um, and then she says, no, he said we may eat of all the trees, but of the, knowledge of, the, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we cannot eat. Um, and then he says, you will not surely die when you eat of that tree, for when you eat it, you will become like God, and you will know the difference between good and evil. So he says that actually God is, God is withholding something good from you, right? Actually, he doesn't want you to be like him, right? There's something that, yeah, it appears that he's given you a lot of good things and you're enjoying com communion with God in the garden, but actually um, there, there's, something, there's something that he's trying to withhold from you and this is what it is. Um, and so completely turns it around. The irony is that God had given them everything, um, that he had created them in his image. So they actually already are like God. Right? He says, then you will be like God. But they're actually already in his image created. Um, but he just, brings that, he just brings that doubt. And I think that is the age-old lie that we, that we face today. Right? Just, just a doubt that God is good. Just, just a little bit of skepticism. And, and that's why... Um, I so enjoyed the testimony that was shared this morning around how sometimes cynicism can creep in in our relationship with God, right? And we, we, we're like, yeah, but not really. You're good in theory, but I don't actually, like in practice, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. I mean, let's, let's grow up. Let's, let's be real about the fact of the matter, right? Um, and I think that is, that is a huge challenge for us today and how much time we spend in that space, in that space where we are not convinced of God's goodness. We do not walk in an experience of His goodness. Right? We, we doubt. We just, we just wonder. Right? Well, is He really, is he really entirely for me? Um, <clears throat> but the fact of the matter is that when we do that, when we doubt God's goodness, um, what, what does that do for our ability to trust Him? I mean, how easy is it to trust someone when you're not sure that their intentions towards you is good? Right. What does it do for, for spontaneity in relationship? Right. Being real and calling out to God. And, and I love the fact, that also again in the testimony this morning, how real, how real she was in her prayer with God. Right. Lord, I'm, I'm cynic about this. Right. But when we, we don't believe that His heart is for us, that whatever he's asking us to do or whatever he's allowing us to go through is for our benefit ultimately. It's very difficult to be spontaneous in that relationship. It also steals from intimacy, right? Um, when I don't know that your intentions towards me are good. Um, and then I think it's also very difficult to, to have faith, to believe someone when, um, when you're not convinced of their goodness. Right? And this is especially true with God. Um, but God is 
God is good, right? Um, he, he really is good, um, in the true sense of the word. Um, his heart is, is for us, right? There is no, there is no evil side to him. There is no, there is no agenda of malice towards us. There is no, um, I want to repay and I want to punish, right? The fact that God is good means that he has to hate evil, right? And that he has to separate evil and he has to judge evil. But even in that, he made a way and he said, the cross is going to be the way where I can judge evil without killing those that are guilty of, of committing evil, right? But he's good and his goodness can easily become a bit of a, um, a, bit of a bumper sticker, I think, you know, bit of a like a christian mantra and you say how's it going no it's you know it's tough but god is good you know god is good and i'm just gonna i'm just gonna like sort of hold on to that but it's easy to to say that and sort of keep it at a distance to keep it as god is good you know what's that saying god is good all the time all the time he is good you know um but and we can say that without really believing it um but Scripture says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Which speaks of, of an experience, right? It speaks of, of an encounter with God's goodness. It speaks of, well, I know from experience. I know that I know. I know more real than anything else that, that God is good and that His heart is for me, right? And that means that even, even when I go through even when I go through suffering, right? Even when I go through, through trials and tests and it doesn't make sense that that is, that is for my good, right? And God is, obviously the first thing He's committed to is, is His glory. Right? And He says, the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. But His glory manifesting on earth is always aligned to our good. Sometimes we just need to redefine what good means and bring God's perspective of what good actually is um, and, and adopt that into our minds. His good obviously doesn't mean that it's always nice and it's always pleasant and that it's always comfortable and that I can always see the purpose um, of what I'm going through when I'm going through it. But it does mean that I can know He is making me more like Him through this process. And that his heart is for me. He heart, his heart is for me. Even if it seems like I'm losing a job, even if it seems like um, I'm not experiencing breakthrough in a certain area, I'm standing in faith for, for a certain something, right? Um, I'm exposed with something that's, um, that I'm not too pleased with in my own heart. Um, he's taking me through that for a purpose because he is good and because his heart is for me, because his intentions are good. Right. And that's why I can trust him. Um, and actually, all sin has its has its origin in not believing that that God is good, because right. we we see goodness elsewhere, outside of His provision, right. And we don't, we, don't, we don't fully believe that obedience to God's word and walking closely with Him 
um, will lead to that. And we, start, we seek for peace and we seek for joy and we seek for life outside of Him and outside of relationship with Him and outside of communion with Him. Um, and that doesn't lead to that doesn't lead to that um, that, that knowledge of His goodness, right? Um, and we also start to sometimes judge what is good and bad based on based on our own understanding, based on our interpretation of circumstances. Um, but the fact remains that His heart is good and His heart is for us. But His goodness also also requires a response. Um, I want to read us a scripture in, in Romans 2. Romans 2 verse 1 to 4 and the New King James says, Therefore you are inexcusable, O man, whoever you are who judge. For in whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. But we know that the judgment of God is according to truth against those who practice such things. And do you think this, O man, you who judge those practicing such things and doing the same, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you despise the riches of His goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? Right. Um, and I think this, the scripture is aimed at, at the relig- religious community and saying, you know, we may judge other people on their conduct and what they do and what they say. And we may say, well, we're okay because we're part of the family of God. And, and so the goodness of God and His mercy and His kindness covers us. But it says here that, well, actually, the, the goodness of God is meant to lead you to repentance. Right? Is meant to lead you to a place of wanting to becoming more like Him. Right? And it's not, a, it's not a heavy thing. And it's not a performance-driven thing. But it's, it's seeing His goodness and seeing the fact that wow, you know, he, he loves us unconditionally, right? His heart is for us, right? He is able to make all circumstances work together for the good to those who love him um, and are called according to his purpose, right? He is committed to proving his goodness as a good father, right? He doesn't hold a grudge. He is quick to forgive. He is slow to anger. Um, all these things, seeing that and seeing that nature of God, seeing his heart, um, is meant to lead us to, to that place of, wow, I, I want to be close to you, and I recognize that if I want to be close to you, I need to be reconciled with you. That's possible through the blood of Jesus, um, but this part of my life is not aligned to that, and I want you to take that and transform it, right? Because you are so attractive, Lord. You are so beautiful, and I want to continually be transformed and molded into your likeness. So today, today's message is not, a, is not a very long message. It's not a very complicated message. Um, I, I just actually just want us to spend a little bit more time in worship and worshiping God and um, for the fact that He is good um, and that His heart is for us. And I know the, the worship team is only just settling in, but if you guys want to just uh, join us again on the stage, um, I want to again just ask you to, to close your eyes.
tonight, I'm going to read us a psalm that, that to me speaks of the goodness of God. Um, psalm 86. Hear me, Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Guard my life, for I am faithful to you. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I call to you all day long. Bring joy to your servant, Lord, for I put my trust in you. You, Lord, are forgiving and good, abounding in love to all who call to you. Hear my prayer, Lord. Listen to my cry for mercy. When I am in distress, I call to you because you answer me. Among the gods, there is none like you, Lord. No deeds can compare with yours. All the nations you have made will come and worship before you, Lord. They will bring glory to your name, for you are great and do marvelous deeds. You alone are God. Teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. I will praise you, Lord, my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever. For great is your love toward me. You have delivered me from the depths, from the realm of the dead. Arrogant foes are attacking me, O God. Ruthless people are trying to kill me. They have no regard for you. But you, Lord, are a compassionate and a gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Turn to me and have mercy on me. Show me your strength in behalf of your servant. Save me because I serve you just as my mother did. Give me a sign of your goodness that my enemies may see it and be put to shame. For you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. You, Lord, are forgiving and good, abounding in love to all who call to you. For great is your love toward me. You have delivered me from the depths, from the realm of the dead. You, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. And I love David's um, freedom and his boldness to, to say to God, give me a sign of your goodness. And this morning, God, we Lord, by faith, we want to settle it in our hearts, Lord, that you are good, Lord, and that you are for us, Father God. That you are a good Father, Lord, that there is no there is no malice in you, Father God. There is no wanting to get back at us, Father God. On the contrary, Father God, you are slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, Lord. And while you have to judge evil, Father God, you say, come to me, come to me, and I will give you grace. Lord, thank you that we can trust your intentions toward us, Father God. 
Lord, even when we say yes, Lord, to in obedience, Father God, to being formed, Lord, Father God, and even if that means suffering at times, Lord, even if that means discipline, Father God, even if that means unpleasantries, Father God, and going to places we don't want to go, Lord, if that means saying things that we're not comfortable saying, Lord, if that means engaging people we struggle to identify with, Father, Lord, thank you that we can know, Lord, that your goodness, Lord, your intentions toward us, Father God, and your love towards us, Father, and wanting to gather us, Father, and wanting to raise us into maturity as children, Lord, as a good Father, is always aligned, God, to your commitment to bringing your glory here on earth, Father God. We don't have to be afraid, Lord, Father, that saying yes to you, Lord, will bring abuse to us, Father God. Perhaps it will on this side of eternity, Father God, but even that is for our good in the light of eternity, Father God, and help us to see these things through an internal perspective, Father God. Help us to know, Lord, that even if it doesn't make sense what we are going through, Father God, even if it feels uncomfortable now, Father God, that, Lord, there is an eternal treasure, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, even as, you, as Moses asked you, Lord, that, Lord, show me your glory. You said, I will hide you in the rock and I will let all my goodness pass before you. And we want to we wanna see your glory, Father God, even in this nation, Lord, we... We want to see your glory flow like a river, Father God, through every sphere of society, Father God, through every part of our heart, Lord, part of our families, part of our church, Lord, of society and every nation, Father God. But we cry out for your glory and you say, I will let my goodness pass before you. And we trust you, Father God. We trust your intentions towards us, Lord, even if when we say yes, Lord, our circumstances don't make sense. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Johannesburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.com. Gave you.